Hey guys, I just want to preface this episode by offering up a trigger warning. Um, the topic of today's podcast does center around medication and depression, and we do touch on suicide, although I will say in advance that we don't delve too deep into the t- topic, but it is mentioned. I really appreciate the fact that we have trigger warnings to utilize um, for the sake of discussion. I love that it gives people insight prior to delving into something. I think it is trauma respectful. And I think this is just a perfect example of how to communicate safely and effectively, uh, right? You can you, you can argue that it has its limitations or it's not always necessary or it's not always appropriate and so on. Maybe it's not enough. Maybe it's some people think it's too much, but all I really have to say in regards to that is it's these type of things. It's, um, and you want to discuss and refine ideas and sentiments and offer exposure to things, it is so, so great that we have something like a trigger warning to utilize so that we can do so safely and that to further communication and conversation because when people are triggered, are harmed or hurt, communication, which is such a beautiful and magical thing, is severely undercut when it re-traumatizes people or people can get angry or defensive. And I feel like that that can oftentimes only polarize you know opposing parties like polarize already opposing parties so i just want to offer that little preamble prior to today's podcast and just remind you that if you can if you're prepared to take part in that conversation i am here and i welcome you to this podcast thank you for listening please note that my experience that i am sharing today with this podcast is just that my experience i am not trying to inform any of your decisions or prescribe any mode of conduct for you um, but if you are perhaps struggling with this sort of situation yourself i want you to know that you are not alone and that you don't have to feel shame and if you were maybe a family member or a friend or even just a person who is curious about these topics i hope this helps you gain some insight perhaps and maybe some Yeah, some understanding. So here we go. Good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Welcome back to the Half-Baked Podcast. We are here for another episode, and what number it is, I don't remember at this point. I have attempted to record a couple different episodes that haven't worked out quite the way that I have anticipated or wanted. So, to be honest, I am feeling somewhat discouraged about the podcast process, but... I know when it comes to even admitting it internally or journaling it, admitting things like that can help dissolve whatever it is. So here I am wasting 30 seconds. What a good mindset to be in. Today's episode, I want to focus on medication specifically. Um, I have suffered from depressive bouts majority of my life, but I have rarely been medicated And a big part of that has to do with bringing it back to shame, has to do with the shame that is attached to that. And big surprise, I think that that is a massive shame. I remember having prescriptions um, prescribed to me once or twice before COVID, but I don't remember taking them at all. Um, But then I did get a prescription... Um, in the summer of 2020, 
Originally, it was for, I want to say, citalopram or something like that. I could be saying it wrong. But um, I had a skin reaction, and we thought it might be the medication, so we changed to fluoxetine. But um, unfortunately, it didn't help the skin reaction. I'm still actually dealing with it now. Was that because of the medication? Like, I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't think it was because I had experienced um, some seborrheic dermatitis in small amounts before that. Um, it just blew up during COVID, and there could have been so many reasons because I was having a hard time, as was everyone else during COVID. Um, but what I thought was really interesting was how for so long, you're so scared of how people are going to view you if you're medicated. And it doesn't even have to be like an old school, like, oh, my God, she's crazy kind of thing like that. Like, oh, my God, if she's not on her meds, she's going to lose her mind kind of thing. Ooh, watch out for her. It doesn't even have to be a fear of that. I mean, maybe it's just not verbalized. Maybe it is more just vague. Um, but that's still underlying. Maybe. But for me, the thing that bothered me more about people's perception was... Uh, maybe it wasn't even people's perception so much. It was this fear internally of, should I rely on this? Will I become reliant and need it for the rest of my life? Does it mean that I'm weak and I can't do this on my own? Yeah, I don't know. And I, I don't want to be trapped in this like agreement with uh, pharmaceuticals, basically, and be forking out small amounts of money every month when this isn't maybe something I want to support um, or a, again, a personal level, like feeling this fear of losing yourself. That was something I think was really, really big. Is that like, what if you lose a part of who you are or you are less of yourself because the medication changes you? And from my experience on it, and I was only on it for a couple months all over, like four months maybe. Um, and then at that point, I think I lost a doctor so I could... Um, I just kind of gave up on it and stopped getting it. But there, I mean, there are ways around that, even temporarily, but I didn't try it. I just stopped taking it. Um, and I think a big thing was because of like an apathy in a sense, but also because it's like, oh no, I'm doing fine. It's fine. And it's been two more years since then. And I'm still here. I'm still living. I'm still getting to work every day. I'm still parenting my kid and whatever else that I'm doing. So really we can't say that. Um, I don't, feel like I can say that getting off of it was a bad thing but it's coming up again because I am wanting to get back on it whenever I am over a depressive slump I always feel some sort of sense of congratulations to myself that I've made it through and that I'm beyond it now that's what really got me with the bout during COVID was because I hadn't had a massive bout that um like you bet I'd, I'd had depressive bouts, not quite so deep other times in my adult life, but it was just that it was very circumstantial. Like you could see in my life what was happening, why? Which is funny because now looking back at COVID, I can totally see why I was as well. But um, my point being is that, yeah, it had happened for the first time since I was a teenager. And that really hit me really hard because I didn't realize it, but I had this underlying narrative that I wrote off that depressive slump or those depressive tendencies to be immature and related to teenage angst that that's what it was that like my desire for like my suicidal ideation was just you know teenage irresponsibility or ignorance or something like that which is something in itself I'd like to unearth this idea of people have of teenagers um but 
yeah, so that kind of kicked me in the ass when I realized that. And now I'm just at this point a couple of years later still where I'm still having to remind myself of that reality that the depressive bouts happen in my life. They just tend to happen. And when I'm feeling, right, trying to get this better idea in my head of when to acknowledge, okay, symptoms are acting up, you need to step up and you need to change something. Because when it comes to day to day, it's like, okay, well, you're feeling a little fatigued. Okay, it's like, you're noticing, this is a good thing. You're noticing when you wake up in the morning and it takes a half an hour to care about anything, to want to even go to work and keep your business running, to want to get up in the morning and feed your kid, to show any sort of affection or love or attention to anyone in your family. And these angry and bitter and ugly feelings that you have and you're wanting to run and hide away, it ended, it's good. You know it's there, it's, you're getting past it, you get past it every day. You know, or, okay, you just had a bad day or something like that, but, you know, tomorrow's going to be a better day. Or, oh, it was just one day, stop being so dramatic, you're going to be fine, or today was just fine. And, because that's the thing, is reality, like, I, I can acknowledge, yes, my days are fine. I can write down all the great things that happened, and what I got done, and how I showed up, and how beautiful people were to me. But it doesn't change the fact that these, there's these obsessive, intrusive thoughts and feelings that, that cloud your day, and that you can't escape that you can't get out of. And I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to ignore them and then fall apart again and have the people around me pay for it. Um, it undermines the way that they view me. Um, and I can't blame them. I can't hold that against them. So I'm trying, I guess this podcast is my own, almost a way of working out this half-baked idea in my head as a way to hold myself accountable to go and get medicated. Um, in my head, one of the first things that comes up to me again is having people's scorn um, and not even loud, opinionated, verbalized scorn, but this under this underlying like sighing or scoffing or tisking, um, believing that I'm making the wrong choice or it's a cop out. It's a cop out to get medicated, um, especially from people around me who don't experience depression the way that I and so many other people do, the way that it's inescapable, the way that it keeps coming back. When I had gotten medicated during COVID, I remember talking to my doctor about how I, I understood now because of this bout, I understand suicide in a different way where when I was younger, it was just life is horrible. I don't want to be here. I never asked for this. Um, I didn't make any of these agreements and I'm just forced into it. And I've never liked life. I've always felt uncomfortable in my body. And Lucky for me, I've really helped with that narrative because I've done so many practices that help me embody my body and make me feel so much more grounded and happy and um, emotive physically. And that has made all the difference for my mental health. Um, but I was talking to my doctor about how now I understand that I think quite often suicide is more about the exhaustion from the ups and downs. Like it's just so exhausting. <sighs> going down this path where it's like no matter how much you want to see the symptoms you want to intervene you try to implement different activities you try to fix your nutrition you try to get out for walks you try to journal you try to do things that bring you joy and so on and so on you get sunlight you get a well night's rest you switch jobs to something better maybe you get paid more maybe you love it more whatever it might be you end a relationship that's bad you start a relationship with someone who's beautiful and by that i mean in their soul like they're just beautiful and they add so much to your life 
um, you do all these things. And then because the bouts come back, you falter and you fall and you snowball no matter how much you try not to. And it's almost like at that point, the more you fight, the deeper it gets like sinking sand, the more you fight against it and the more you try to preserve yourself or keep your head above water, the harder it pulls you down. And then I feel like the more you fight it and the longer you prolong it, the deeper the bout is, the more unreachable you are throughout it. And then you, you know, your own health gets fucked up because you're not hygienic and you're eating horribly and you maybe get fired from a job where you just like now your coworkers don't think they can rely on you. Your spouse is left um, carrying so much of the weight of your household. Your, your children are witnessing you in this way, which on one hand to know, hey, adults are even human. Depression is a thing um, and it's hard and it's real. Sure, there can be great lessons, but there's also this fear and this horribleness and your child feeling that they have to support you or that their their foundation being cracked because their role model, their support system can't even take care of themselves. And that's scary. There's just so many things. So you, you almost shatter all these, these agreements that you've made that you've come into willingly that you've taken on with full, like fully committed. And then you break all these promises and people, how they view you is changed and how you view yourself is changed. And then as you start coming out of it and eventually you work people's work, I don't know, build people's trust again. And you build your life and you're feeling so good and so strong and you take on all of these things and it doesn't even necessarily have to be too much. It's just that you take on things and then there's this fear that it's just going to fall apart again. And that, that, that up and down and that exhaustion of destroying shit and then I need to build it back up and it just, it's tireless, this, this cycle. That I think that's where a lot of suicide comes from. It's just like, I don't want to do this again. So that, that was something for me to learn. And I want to jump in my little narrative here just to say that medication is worth it. You know, like, I understand some of it's expensive. There can be bad side effects. People can get addicted to prescription medication, especially if you have more than one going on. I'm not trying to make it a black or white thing or that I'm not going to encourage everyone to go get medicated. That's not what I'm talking about here at all. I just want other people to unearth this shame along with me that... You don't have to tell anybody anything about being medicated if you don't want to. It's really no one else's business. And it is worth being medicated to not want to kill yourself, right? You deserve happiness and beautiful things. And if having medication can help you maintain that day after day after day, it's worth it. It's a small price to pay in many ways. And now when it comes to the actual price, again, that's, that can be a whole other conversation um, that I'm not really prepared to talk about here. So I would really love it if other people jumped in and were to talk about that because... That's a real barrier um, to medication. And there, I think there are definitely instances where medication is the preference. Medication can be a gift. And I found when I was on it that it was such a great relief that I didn't lose myself. Suddenly, um, it was like I had more space to be myself. And that's the thing. I feel like when you 
I mean, you can have a lot of different like depressive and anxious um, symptoms or disorders or whatever, but I, so please understand that I'm just speaking from my own experience and you can obviously transpose this information to your particular circumstances to see if it applies. But um, when I was on Medicaid, you being depressed, I feel that you begin to identify your very sense of self and who you are with the depressive symptoms. And I think that that's something worth questioning especially when you're someone who goes through your entire life and you deal with, you know, changing grades of depression. That's what you know of yourself. That's what everyone knows of you. So that's what they expect. It's not out of character. It's a part of your identity. It's part of who you are. Um, and then it's interesting because then in these unspoken ways, you are then held to these expectations of who you are as this depressed person. And then you're almost held into that identity even more. Um, and it's also a way like you're afraid to hold on to good things, new things, better things, bettering yourself or taking things on because you feel like, well, I know I'm going to falter and I know I'm going to fall apart. So why would I do that to the people I love? So I'm just not going to take anything on. But that's the same shame, too, because then I feel like that's you taking yourself out of the running of life. And by doing that, you basically undercut any amount of joy you could experience when you're not willing to take chances. You're not willing to mess up and you're not willing to fail. Um, that's, again, not a black or white Conversation or conclusion, of course, it really depends on what it is you're doing and who's at risk if you fail and so on. But I think that's something to look out for. And I mean that with my whole heart is that you are not your depression. And you deserve to try new things and to experience, experiment with your sense of self and to see yourself outside of that depression. And if anything, in my experience, medication did that all of a sudden. I didn't have to wake up for 30 to 45 minutes depending on how bad it was sometimes it might take on good times it takes about five minutes or so there I mean when I'm doing great I am awake as soon as I awake as soon as I awaken but you know up to 45 minutes it can take me to get out of that funk and almost like unpeel myself from this like ooze that just like infects your brain oh yeah um Whew, I kind of got a little swept away with that thought and I kind of lost track of where I was going here, but being on medication, yeah, my mornings, I, I woke up so much quicker. So instead of having to take the first half an hour to an hour of a morning to convince myself, like, you want to be awake today, you can go to work. Like, I know you feel anxious as hell and you feel like, ah, it's so hard to to verbalize this feeling of like, there's just like a dead stop someplace that you can't reach. Like you're completely disconnected from your own liveliness, your life source or something that it's just like, there's, there's no ifs, ands or buts. It's like, there's no reason to go to work. So why the fuck am I making myself do it? I have to get up. I don't even want to fucking eat, but I have to feed my kids. So I guess I'll do that. And you're, you're un upset and you're not present with your family and everything feels like an intrusion. Everything, every sound, every need from everyone, even your own needs. I mean, go to the bathroom, having to shower, having to eat. It's all just so fucking much and you can't stay on top of it. It's like you need to have a list of to-dos for the first two hours of your morning because you just can't keep up with everything that needs to get done. And then you don't get it done. And then other people have to do it. And you feel like shit about yourself. When I was medicated, I didn't have that problem because I could just get up in the morning. I could just wake up in the morning and I didn't have to convince myself that, you know, you want to live today. Come on.
Yeah. And keep in mind, too, that after this first 40, 45 minutes or so, it's not like suddenly like, oh, OK, cool. Serotonin. Great. We're on it. The rest of the day is going to be great. It's like there is um, a plateau. So you do make it to this point okay, where the serotonin comes in. You're you're feeling a little bit. Things are a little bit easier. You're not um, fighting against the current so much anymore, but you are still you're, you're, you know, like I said, plateau, you're not moving forward and things are still coming at you. So it's, it's slightly different, but it's not that the rest of it is just easy peasy. It's just that you don't have to like hold your hand so much to get out of the water, to be like, no, you don't want to drown. It's okay. Like get out of the water. You know, we can do it. We want to, you know, cause you know, in a week or two, if you don't do this now, you're going to regret it. So come on, let's just do it. Right. It's like you convince yourself to get out of the water, but then you're just sitting on the side of the water, you know, pouting or something. And you just like an obstinate child, you will not get up and you will not do shit. So things are still coming at you. I don't know how to describe it, but when I medicated there, I, I am just mind blown. And other people are, are kind of like laughing, like interesting <laughs> that this even like matters or that you notice this, but how... I don't have to think and prepare myself for every little thing I have to do. All of a sudden I can like stop and be like, holy fuck, it's only this time in the morning and I've showered, I've gotten my son to school. We had a good conversation, it was a good morning, we laughed together. I actually emptied the dishwasher and I did this and like, oh my God, I'm just killing it today. When it's like, I remember thinking once, like this is how people feel every day. This is what people can do. You can just get up and you can just take on the day without thinking about it. Like I just did a to-do list that I wrote up that like a month ago or two months ago or something would have taken me all day to convince myself to do. And then I still would have had other things that I didn't get done. And I would have had to work myself up and work myself out of the shame to do it tomorrow or next week or whatever it is. And like, I just got that shit done without any thought. Like it just was such an easy task. Like I remember once when I was younger, and me and my friend both suffer suffer from oh my goodness um depression but they're they're different so it was interesting that even her and i think the difference that we noticed hers was hers like she'll be fine and not depressed and then she goes through depressive bouts where i'm always like somewhat depressed and then it just goes into bigger bouts of depression um but yeah, her, her laughing at me because something about someone made like a to-do list and they wrote to shower on it. And she kind of laughed like, really? That's ridiculous. You have to remind yourself to shower. That's insane. That's like a basic thing that you do. You take care of yourself. You clean yourself. And me saying like, I do. Like I have to write it down or else I won't get it done. I won't remember. I won't focus. I won't prioritize it unless I write it down. And it not, doesn't always work like this. But by making a to-do list, I may be able to feel a sense of accomplishment because I can make a check mark for my list. I did this today, right? Because, you know, especially when you're in those places where you can't be like, fuck, did I shower yesterday? When's the last time? Has it been three days? I don't even know if I showered three days ago. Again, like, how do I not notice that? Has it really been that long? Like, days and times just, like, are muck, are mucky. Like, that you can't just tell them apart and you can't remember them. So it's just amazing to me that I could just do stuff like I could do basic adult tasks without having to like uh, just use such a great percentage of my energy reserve to get done basic tasks. And that blew my mind. So coming back to your your depression, it's not you. Um, 
and we could really work out that topic in itself too. Um, but it was just amazing to me that I, I was able to see myself more because I wasn't having to fight against the current for every little thing to be able to have moments where I could feel at ease, you know, glimpses of peace and understanding and so on. So all of a sudden, more, more of my time every day, I was at peace. I wasn't rushing. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't anticipating. I didn't have intrusive thoughts of like, um, oh my God, I'm not, I don't know what's happening here. What if they get hurt? What if they get hurt? What if I get hurt? What if I can't do that? Just these obsessive thoughts not leaving you alone. They just weren't fucking there. It was amazing. Like, of course, sometimes they're going to come in, right? You do have things you're concerned about. Anxiousness is a thing. You don't have to have any sort of anxious disorder or anything to experience anxiousness. That's just a human thing. It's just, for some of us, it's like a little haywire. It's just sparks flying everywhere, and it's just not safe. <laughs> um, and for me personally, and I didn't notice this for so long. I didn't identify it with like the anxiousness and depression. Again, I just viewed it as me. Oh, I have anger problems. But I noticed it too. Because of being medicated, I had the opportunity to witness myself not react to fucking everything. Like I was just so much calmer with my son. And my poor son at this time, he was maybe five. I think he was five. Or it was like right over the summer of his fifth birthday. And I, I think he made a comment about it, but I, I don't remember it at this point anymore. But I was noticing myself that like putting him to bed, all of a sudden I wasn't as angry at him for getting distracted by things or interrupting me while I was reading to him or whatever it might be. I was just more patient and I saw the difference in his behavior. And it was just, the, I think that's what got me the most. I think on my journal, I wrote at some point that my yelling, I'm short and I'm gruff and I'm irritated a lot and I'm impatient is like waves, you know, hitting the foundation of like a, a bridge or something, right? And it's eroding the base slowly over time. And that's what my, my irritation is doing to my son over the long term. I'm eroding his foundation and his sense of self by doing that. And so I decided that, you know, I can have my own personal reservations about medication. And I think that's honestly beautiful. And I think everyone, it's important that you have your reserva reservations. I think that you should give space for that and give respect to yourself for having those reservations. Explain to yourself why they're valid, right? Rather than shaming the shame, like acknowledge the shame to be like, yep, I see you, I see that, cool. Now let's look at like a pro list or something. But um, I, yeah, I had written that if this is what medication gives me, then I will stay on this medication throughout at least his childhood. And by that, I mean until he's a legal adult because I want to offer the best of myself to him and I want to do the best job I can in raising him. And I am a better parent when I am medicated. <laughs> and I say that my son is over seven and I've only ever been medicated for less than six months of his life. So I have some shame there as well. But yes, I noticed how I was calmer and that he his behavior changed. He was so much more sure of himself. And um, he didn't seem to feel as guilty or as anxious himself. He didn't apologize so profusely, which is such a sad thing for me to even think about the fact that because of my <laughs> irritation, my ill-placed irritation, my son just felt like he was wrong all the time. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I upset you, I did something wrong. And I may not be medicated now, but again, even the fact that I gave it a try and was medicated for just a couple months helped me notice what I was doing to my child. And although I'm not medicated now, and to be honest, over the last couple of years, I have implemented so many more um, 
it sounds really um, superficial to just say self-care practices, but I'm not going to go into a whole topic about it right now. But I have, I really, I honestly feel like a completely different person now than I was a couple of years ago. And I am a better parent, even without being medicated. I'm just m much more respectful and much more aware of my child and, and his needs. That experience was priceless. I would never, ever, 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 ever undo, undo that, ever. Um, and that is why I'm thinking about doing it again. So to jump to now, I guess, um, I've been thinking about being medicated because I'm noticing these, these symptoms again, the irritability, and how I just get so fucking irritated all the time at everything. Everything upsets me. I can only really focus on one thing at a time because that alone feels like so much that anything that interrupts me throws me off kilter. And I, I just, I have a little hissy fit inside. And people have to deal with my irritation all the time. And I don't want people in my house walking on eggshells. But yes, that was something that I definitely noticed too. Like, oh, fuck, that's a part of my depression and anxiety is this irritability. I am so irritated by everything. And my reactions, I'm not just a little irritated. I'm like fucking raging inside over nothing. And even I know that. And it only makes me angrier because I have nowhere to put the emotions. I've, I don't feel like I'm able to work through them because I just feel that they're wrong. Um... So again, too, that was a really wonderful experience. But yeah, trying to notice those symptoms as they come back now, like the irritability, um, the fatigue, just always being so fucking tired, not following through on things as much, you know, having less interest and being um, super uncomfortable by being touched and having a hard time keeping up with personal hygiene again and having a hard time keeping up with eating every meals, even though I know, I know that eating a meal in the morning for me shifts my entire day. If I do not eat first thing in the morning, my day is kind of fucked, to be honest. <laughs> like, I can eat a big lunch to make up for it. It doesn't. If I don't kickstart myself in the morning, the rest of my day, I, it's just, I can't make up for it. The day is what it is. Even things like my journaling practice, I, I can't keep up with it, even though I know that it helps bring perspective into my day-to-day -day so I can kind of see, all right, this is where Shaylin is right now. This is what's going on. Interesting that I look back over the morning the last however many days or weeks and I notice that I'm not really there, that I'm apathetic, that I'm angry, that I'm in physical pain, that I'm pissed about something, whatever it is, or I'm just not showing up in the morning anymore. I can tell that something's happening, but, and I know that journaling will help. I know if I can make myself come down and sit and open the book and access the like um, current of thoughts in my head and I can externalize them and you know then be able to examine them and their nature, I know that it will be like, um, what's that thing that they used to do? I wanna say bloodletting, but I don't know if that's the right thing. I know that they used to, they used to, yeah, like cut people open to let, like, let blood out or something as a healing technique. And I, I've heard one where they like would drill a hole into the back of your head too, or like a little hole. And it was supposed to be, I don't know if it was bloodletting or a different kind of letting, but that's how I imagine journaling. It's like letting go of that pressure. It's almost like letting the you know poison or toxins or whatever come out is what the practice ends up being. And I know that it may, even if say a certain day, it doesn't make the day better. I know it, there's never ever a chance that it makes my day worse, um, personally anyway. But I can't focus long enough to do it. I can think about it. I can think about it. It can come back again and again and again. But I just, I noticed that I never stick with it long enough to actually sit down and do the journaling. And it's those sort of things that I'm noticing. Like, you know, these things help. 
you know the purpose that these things serve, and you can't even focus long enough to do it. Where, say, a couple months ago, I could literally just go, I'd wake up before anyone, before my alarm, I'd go across the house, I'd sit in the office, but my son likes to call it the library, and I love that, so the library, and just sit there on the chase lounge and write a page. Didn't fucking matter what it said, and I just got easy at not questioning or debating whether it was worth writing down, I'd just fucking write, and I would be, my day would be better for it, and like, then you get to that place where it's like, you can't, it's like you can't plug something in. You just can't make that focus. You can't go sit down and moments just keep passing. And then you never accomplish these tiny things. And then the day gets out of hand, but it's like, it's just not there. The ability, it's just like, it's lost or something. I don't know how to explain it, but so I'm trying to get better at noticing these, these symptoms as they come up and what they mean. So rather than being like, oh, well, it was just a bad day, Shaylin, you know, like, stop being so dramatic. You know, other people experience depressive feelings as well. Other people have bad days. You're just having a bad day. Like, let it go. You're going to be fine. What's the point of going to, a, to finding a doctor? You don't have a doctor. To finding someone who can give you a prescription, pay the money for it, which is like, I have the money for it. So it's stupid that that's even a reason. Um, and, you know, just all these kind of insulting and like undercutting comments to myself as to why I shouldn't bother even though I know it's a good thing and that it'll help and I feel like there's some shame there that I haven't unearthed when it comes down to facing that that yeah there are things that I haven't addressed that I should but I can feel the resistance there that that that's feeling of like um oh I don't know almost tumbling over yourself like okay the next thing the next thing it's like right now I with this podcast I am 30 minutes in, but I don't know. Even here, I'm like, look at the time. You got to get up. You know, you wanted to do this before work. And what about that? And you haven't even done this. So like, why are you doing a podcast? You shouldn't even bother. This is stupid. Um, And on and on. And just feeling this anxiousness, like you're tripping up. You're tripping over yourself to get to the next thing all the time. So you never actually just sit down and focus on anything or get anything done. So I'm really... (laughs) in the process currently of making the steps so, 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 so tiny that I just like, I don't have a choice not to do them, but um, rather I don't have, I almost will do them accidentally. Like they're so small that this tiny, tiny thing like opening up the TELUS Health website, I could do that accidentally. I'm going to open it and check my email. Okay, I'm quickly going to type in a different thing and then leave that tab open and maybe I won't touch it again for a week. But one day I will and then I just have to look at, okay, do I have to sign up? Do I have to... Is there a certain page that I need to go to? What's the process? Okay, so I kind of have to do that. So leave that again for a week. What's the next thing I have to do? And I mean, that can be dangerous to putting it off like that because, you know, those weeks that pass, that can make or break shit. You know what I mean? Like... When it comes to medication, you want to, it takes time to process that into your system and for it to really help day to day. But again, of course, that can become another thing that I bully myself about. It's like, what are you doing wasting time? You're going to be in a huge depressive slump before you even get your medication. So you're going to fall apart. You're going to hurt other people in the process. It went, if you had just gone and gotten your medication, things would be fine. But now you have to wait for however many weeks or whatever for it to really start taking effect. And... You didn't have to if you had just gone and done it. Like, So I'm dealing with that right now as well. But I know that when I do it, I'll feel better. 
I know it'll help me stay stable. Especially because at this point, before COVID, I, I had started a business with my sister and it was like I'd gone to college and I had finished college and I started a business and things were going good and I, fuck, like seriously was the happiest I'd ever been in my life and I think that really contributed to the depressive slump during COVID. Um, I finally had things in my life that I was looking forward to and that I felt purpose in and that I adored and brought so much to my life. And with shutting down and everything, I lost a lot of what brought me so much joy. Um, whatever, COVID happened, years have passed, depressive slump happened. I've slowly climbed my way out of that pit again, breathing fresh air, and it feels so good. And I'm in this place where I can now take on new things, right? Like I started up the business again with my sister. We have three massage therapists now rather than just one, because at one point it was just me at the business. Um, we have three massage therapists. We all have our own little... Um, Oh my God, I forget the word for it. Our own treatments, our own like continued education, our own certifications for different like subtypes of treatments. And we've got yoga and we've got a bigger office and we have a better online presence and I'm working on an online course and so on. And I'm starting my podcast and, you know, I've loved writing since I was a kid and I finally have the third draft done of my first novel and like so many things that I, I loved and that I wanted to happen for so long are coming to fruition. And I'm at a point now where personally, professionally, in regards to family and so on and so on, I have so much to lose. And I see that now. I'm so grateful for all that I have in my life. And I don't want to lose it. I don't want to put that in jeopardy. And to me, that's a big thing for the medication is like, I can be doing fine day to day. You know, it's only noon now. I've gotten my son up and we've gotten him showered and I gave him breakfast and we had some nice jokes and laugh and I drove him into school and took my dog for a nice long walk and I've recorded a podcast and I've already worked on my workshop a little bit more and I even watched an episode or two of my favorite show. Like, it's been a full morning and it's been beautiful. And it's this kind of thing that I never felt that I'd be able to do in a day that I have now and I need to acknowledge the abundance of all of that and I want to show it all respect by being medicated you know so I feel like being medicated a lot of times they can seem like this but kind of thing like an exception an add-on a condition um like I'm happy but I'm medicated so it's not really real <laughs> or like you know, I'm being a good partner and I'm or an attentive parent, but I'm medicated. Like, and that's why I'm doing a good job. It's not me. It's the medication. Uh, I understand. And I think there's so much validity in this. Oh, fuck. Like Western science, man. Like, sure, there's so much beauty and abundance and just like it's wild what we have and what we can do. But like it's dangerous, guys. All of these supplements, all of these like heavily artificially produced shit food medication like so much of everything that we use and it's like <laughs> i kind of feel like what what season is that in stranger things season three when nancy and i was gonna say nancy and drew nancy and jonathan were you know interviewing that old lady and shit like that i don't know whatever like these people who were being i don't know i can't even remember infected by the mind flayer um that they're eating like poison and fertilizer and shit like that's 
I can kind of see our culture is that we're just like feeding ourselves these things and becoming monsters, like less and less human all the time. Like it might seem dramatic and maybe it's more poetic and figurative than literal, but I, I think there's so much truth in people's fear of big pharma and, you know, having a hand in everyone's pockets kind of thing. I think those are such valid fears and I honestly don't know enough to have any conversation. I can't inform anyone about that stuff. I would love to ask someone questions who does have information about that shit, but both things can be true. You can acknowledge the dangers and um, the potential side effects and you can, you know, weigh your pros and cons and maybe medication isn't for you and maybe it depends on what medication is it, what's the dosage. Um, there's so many questions, but I just don't want there to be this shame that like you're, <laughs> like, you're a sellout or something for being on medication. <laughs> I understand the fears and they're valid and you not wanting to rely on it. That is also valid. Um, but I hope people know that you will not lose yourself on it. Right. As long as you, and I get it scary too. Cause some doctors like don't seem to give a shit and they'll just give you whatever. And so I really, I can't speak for other people cause it's your own situation, but I don't want people to be afraid of doing something that could seriously help their life and their happiness by just, it's almost like an ambulation aid, right? Maybe it's not a, it's not a physical thing. You don't need a walker. You don't need a cane. You don't need, um, a prosthetic limb or something, but it serves the same purpose. Like you can get through a day and you can get farther and you can be more independent. It's an aid. It can be an aid. And I don't want people to forget that in the light of all the dark and dangerous and fucked up things in the world either. So I'm hoping that this is like, this can serve as some sort of accountability for me to get on that. Because I have so much in my life to be grateful for and I so much in my life that I have worked my ass off to get and I work my ass off every day to keep it going. And I deserve to be able to continue doing that. And if, you know, fluoxetine helps me sustain the things that I love and desire and that I'm craving for in life, if it helps make me a better parent in the meantime, a more present parent, a more patient parent, more helpful, then it's worth it. I would love to hear your guys' experiences from medication or being around medicated people. Um, I would love to hear your guys' questions or stories about inner shame that you have or the people around you who maybe don't support it or don't understand um, or anything else. I would love to be a part of the process and the journey with you as I have shared a part of my journey with you. So wherever you are today, whatever you're doing, I hope you give yourself some breathing room and some grace in your fears or your shortcomings or your needs. It's not bad and you're not weak for having needs. I think if you're able to take the time to identify those needs and seek out or even ideate on different things that could serve to fulfill those needs, I would say you're doing a lot better than a lot of people are today. So good for you.